Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. This is our Q&A series where I answer your questions regarding the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker. Let's get started. This question, James, this is from Jay. It's just an email. Um, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. What is your thoughts on Roth 401k for W-2 employees? Keep the excellent work up. Thank you. Um, Roth is better than traditional, right? And a W-2 employee. So the question is, what are your thoughts on Roth 401k for W-2 employees? Um, Roth is better than traditional, right? Personally, I'd rather pay taxes in a known bracket and not kick the can down the road to an unknown bracket, right? So every situation is different. You know, the contributions to a 401k are pre-tax, but you've got a Roth 401k, so that doesn't even matter. Um, so my thoughts on them are pretty neutral, the uh, Roth 401k is better than the traditional IRA, but if I'm insurable, right, me personally, I'd rather have a life insurance policy, right? So I'm not telling anyone to stop their contributions or liquidate their qualified plans. You know, that's not me. Every case is different. You should walk, work with a competent, qualified advisor. So when you have an educated advisor, an educated agent, with an educated consumer, that's where the solution is, okay? And then I'm going to revert right back to uh, an episode that's coming up. I don't know what number it's going to be, but it'll be Jerry and Becky. And we kind of talk a little bit about that and what they did. So thanks for listening, Jay, and thank you for the question. On uh, demystifying life insurance policy loans with the infinite banking concept. Now, now that was released in 2018. It's about a little under two and a half minutes. And the question is, is the cash value the death benefit? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I think for emphasis, Dexter, listen, the cash value is the net present value of the death benefit minus future premiums. So whenever I graduate, that maybe I have a $50,000 in cash value, but $250,000 in face amount when I graduate. When I die, when I graduate, immediately that $50,000 turns into that death benefit. That death benefit is comprised of that cash value. So the cash value, though, is a cash value. That's what I can get mad and quit and walk away with, or that's what I can collateralize while I'm alive. Right? And by contract, the cash value must equal the death benefit age 120. So it's distinctly different. The cash value is the cash value. The death benefit is the death benefit. In terms of today, I have access to the cash value. My people are going to enjoy the, the, the death benefit, right? So I hope I'm clear on that. The cash value is not the death benefit. It is the net present value of the future death benefit minus future premium payments. Right, so in a sense, you could say, well, yeah, the cash value is uh, absolutely part of the death benefit, right? But, you know, I kind of want to talk about this because I see and hear often that, you know, I'm borrowing against the death benefit. No, no, you're borrowing against the cash value, right? So, but there is a distinction between the two, but there's an absolute relationship between the two as well. 
I hope that answers your question. Um, and thank you for listening. Another question on the same uh, video, demystifying life insurance policy loans, the infinite banking concept. What if you are what if you are already putting in the maximum premium, including the PUA? How can you put that extra interest, quote unquote, in as well? And the extra interest that he refers to, you, uh, my encouragement would be to look at the uh, book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and go to p- page fifty-eight in the lower part of that page. You know, Nelson says that this interest, this this money that we're calling interest, is actually uh, the extra, right? The extra interest that we're paying into the PUA is actually premium to the life insurance company, right? It is capital to your system, and it is uh, interest in the in the fact that we're calling it interest, right? If I'm doing a deal, a real estate or whatever, I'm doing a financing deal, right? And I'm borrowing the uh, the insurance company's money at five percent, but let's say I paid off a twelve percent credit card. So if I'm going to be an honest banker, then I'm going to repay that loan at twelve. So that differential of seven in this case is the additional interest. It was interest to the credit card company, but now we're calling it interest to our you know loan repayment, right? Well, the insurance company is going to receive five percent is an example, that additional seven is then premium. If the policy is built to take that additional premium, right? We call it interest in the deal. It's premium to the life insurance company and it's more capital to our system. So if you cannot pay that additional PUA into your policies, it may or may not be time to buy another policy, right? You can segregate that additional interest in, in, you know, you can have it in a segregated checking account waiting on the sidelines to, uh, pay your your you know next year's PUA premium. And then let me say this too that premium is premium. If you're writing a check to the life insurance company, it's premium or a loan repayment. All right? The base premium is premium. If you have a term rider premium, it's it's premium. If you have a PUA rider, it's premium. Right? Premium 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 is premium. You know, we get hung up sometimes on, well, I should be paying all PUA premium or I should be paying all base premium. It's all premium to the life insurance company and that premium is distinctly separate from the loan repayment. Okay. Very these are fundamental. Great question and I appreciate you asking that. It this is a perennial question that continues to come up. So if your policies are full, quote unquote, you can't pay additional premium, you know, that'll be a natural, natural signal or information to you that it may be time to consider expanding, right? I'm always going to revert back to uh, or remind that, you know, you should work with an educated advisor, an agent. That's where the solution is, an educated consumer, an educated agent, and uh, educated advisor. But thanks, Adam, for asking that question and listening. Okay, here's a question. Aloha from Hawaii, Doran. Um, we have a couple of real estate projects. I love this question. We have a couple of real estate projects coming up this year and wondered, instead of leaving the money in our non-performing checking account, can we have multiple IBC policies to help move our real estate investment business toward our goals quicker? Um, we had just opened up one policy with a great company and wondered, 
if one if it if if one is a good idea, could two be better? Or do we just and and do we just keep enough cash in the checking account um, for our monthly obligations? Look forward to your response. And uh, thanks for the work on your podcast, most notably the latest one with Domicine, episodes 125 and 26. That broke it down for us and was an inspiration. Man, I agree, Derwin, Paula, that if you, if you, if you listen to uh, Domicine's episodes 125 and 126 and you're not moved, man, I can't help you, right? That young man has an incredible story and he's getting it done. And if, you know, just like, not only say if he can do it, anybody can do it, but we can all do this. His story is incredible. And so I would encourage you to listen to that. As a matter of fact, we should probably link that, link these, uh, videos and I'm talking on this Q and a in, in the notes. So, um, yes, uh, one is generally better than two. Okay. And so if, if you have capital accumulating outside of your banking policies, you should, in my opinion, keep enough to operate on. Right. And, and we all have a comfort level. You know, we all need a certain amount of money in the brick and mortar bank that has a drive through window that we can go make a withdrawal on a Saturday or a Friday afternoon. Um, and that number's different from all of us, for all of us. So whenever you know that you have more capital in a brick and mortar bank than you're comfortable with, it's completely natural to expand your system, however that looks. Right. Whether it's on your life or someone else that you have an insurable interest in, but just be reasonable. They should still be properly structured. You know, are you going to accumulate that capital again? You know, you have X number of dollars in the brick and mortar bank that's not, you know, uh, performing as you wish it to be. You know, is that, is that a, is that just an incidental, um, situation? Did it just occur and doesn't normally occur? Um, or are you, you know, accumulating more capital? than you wish in a brick and mortar bank on a continuing basis. Um, you know, if you find yourself with too much money in the bank, I mean, what a problem to have. And, and my encouragement would be absolutely to consider expanding your system, but do that methodically and correctly. And in our office, there is an absolute way that we believe uh, that people should expand, right? There is a proper way to expand your system. And, you know, we don't need to overlook insurability. You know, we don't want to be underinsured and we don't want to just make decisions. You know, one month I have a bunch of money in the bank. And um, so it should be methodical and it should be on purpose with intent, the expansion of your system. And really, it's very natural. It's really very natural. Um, okay. And this question, this question is, on a video, Infinite Banking Simplified. That video was, was released in 2019. Um, it's 27 minutes long. And listen, I understand the uh, format in which we produce content. Most of it's long form, and it's on purpose. We're not trying to be a drive-by you know, uh, stop where you hear you know 30-second promos, and then there's a click funnel that we put you through. Um, that's not us, right? We do have some shorter clips. There's no question. We have a lot more shorter clips coming out. But um, James says this. Well, it's not a question. It's a comment, right? 
uh, on the Infinite Banking Simplified. Next time, please get straight to the point. Other than that, I felt the, the video was pretty decent. Well, you know, thanks for your opinion, James. The uh, really short videos are, you know, elsewhere, you know, TikTok, Instagram, or wherever. So I have a couple of comments here. Um, if 27 minutes is too long for you to vet an idea, you know, before you put a lot of money in somewhere, if 27 minutes is too long for you, God bless you. This is, we're probably not a good match, right? Now, I don't think you have to go through a hundred hours of video. We have over a hundred hours of video at no cost. They're, they're just out there available. If you want to consume them, consume them. And, and I understand that, you know, not everybody likes long form. I get that. And I understand that I talk slow and, you know, but look, you can speed up the, the playback time right you listen to it 1.5 listen to it two times listen to it incrementally um so i appreciate your comment but if you don't have you know more than a minute or two to listen this concept's probably not for you this comment here's a perennial heckler or troll actually and uh, he's uh, on the infinite banking concept, pros and cons. Gee, I can't wait to give my money away for only getting a chance to borrow against uh, it. What a great concept. Well, you should probably work on your grammar. You know, I even cleaned this up before I printed it. And uh, this guy's Astro Man. Well, it turns out you do any kind of research on him and he's living in his mama's basement as a professional gamer or want to be a professional gamer. I'm not even cracking on gamers. If you had any dang money, you know, it might be a legitimate question. Um, but since you don't, it's not. All right. Move on. <laughs> okay. All right. So he continues. So this guy, you know, he's commented three or four times over the years. And, you know, I don't really think they're legitimate con questions or comments. But, uh you know, he says you never own, quote unquote, your cash value. The insurance company owns it. And the only way to get your money out is to borrow against it. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Talking about something you don't know anything about. You know, you are right in the fact that your cash value is not yours. When when someone pays a premium to the life insurance company, that money it belongs to the life insurance company. Right. Oh, but you have guaranteed contractual access to it. And you can surrender. You can get mad and quit. So when you say you can only borrow against it, you're wrong, right? And uh, and it's glaringly wrong, right? Like I said earlier, you don't have any money anyway, so why why does it even matter? I mean, are you like trolling, you know, this idea of becoming your own banker and the infinite banking concept in between games because you get killed early on because you're not you don't even have a skill to gain. So you get kicked out of a game and then you're trolling other channels. It's like, what a life. And then what does that even pay? Okay. Oh, yeah, nothing. So I'm bringing this up, you know, yeah, because I can have fun too, right? But when you pay a premium, the money is not yours. It belongs to the life insurance company. Oh, wait, but life insurance is a contract. And then you have a loan provision, right? So you can borrow against it, like you say, but it's not the only way you get access to the cash value. You can get mad and quit at any time and walk away with a known value. Where else are you going to do that? Hmm? I understand there's other places you can do it, but they don't typically come, typically come with a death benefit that's paid income tax-free. Right? They don't 
there's a lot of things that those types of accounts don't come with. So whenever you boil down life insurance strictly to the premium and the death benefit, you know, you're, you're, you're jumping smooth over the greatest characteristics of life insurance. So, but I wouldn't expect you, a, a basement gamer troll, to understand that kind of stuff. But you're entertaining, right? I got to tell you. So, um, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you have a question that you would like answered, email me at james at bankingwithlife.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.